everybody. Welcome to a Fantasy Friday edition of the NFL Road Show. Lindsay Rhodes here getting you set for Sunday and Monday and the Week 9 slate. A pretty good week of games, I think. Last week kind of looked at the matchups. Didn't really love any of them. This week, I think things are looking a lot more appealing, particularly in that afternoon slate. Three games there. Chargers-Eagles, Cardinals-Niners, and Packers-Chiefs. And obviously that Green Bay game took a bit of a turn with the Aaron Rodgers news earlier in the week. But I've settled into a place where I'm actually kind of excited to see Jordan Love. And choosing to focus on the silver lining that is Green Bay's opportunity to see what they have in him before they have to make any kind of decision in the offseason about whether or not to move on from Aaron Rodgers to create space for Jordan Love to be their next quarterback. This actually could end up being kind of a blessing in disguise for Green Bay, particularly seeing as how the matchup could not be better for Jordan. I mean, Kansas City's defense has just been hot garbage this year. So if he's as good as he needs to be in order to take over that quarterback position in Green Bay in the future, then he should be able to take advantage. And, you know, I'm keeping my expectations somewhat, like, reasonable. I'm not expecting him to come out and be, like, QB1 of the week. I'm not ruling it out. But uh, I do think it's it's interesting because he will have Devontae Adams back. He's out of the COVID protocol, so that's good. He'll have his best weapon available. Um, Aaron Jones is there. I I do think that there's an element of like, I don't totally know what to expect from all of them in fantasy, the way that you would typically kind of know how to plug in everybody into this like math equation if it was Aaron Rodgers taking on Kansas City. So there is a little bit of an unknown, but just in terms of a fantasy fan watching a football game, that game is actually as appealing to me as it was before when Aaron Rodgers was going to take on Patrick Mahomes. And I know that that's kind of a weird thing to say. Um, anyway, Saints-Falcons, another game with some question marks attached to it with James Winston out. As of the time I am taping this, we don't yet know for sure if it's going to be Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon at quarterback for New Orleans. So I, th- I think we're all kind of expecting it to be Taysom. To me, that creates more unknowns in fantasy than Simeon does because of the way that the offense in general changes with Taysom as the quarterback. So like Kamara, who has a good matchup, I feel like he becomes a little bit more volatile. He could boom. He could bust, though, too. I I don't know. Probably won't play him in daily for that reason, um, though I could completely get burned. And obviously in season long, you're playing Camara no matter what. It doesn't matter. I don't need – you don't need me to tell you that. Um, Tyrod is going to start for the Texans at quarterback. He's back against the Dolphins. This becomes an interesting play. If you need a streaming quarterback for whatever reason, I don't think it's a bad, a bad option. And in daily, if you want to go like way, 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 way down and get a guy for $5,000 at quarterback, he scored 23 points in his first game this season when he was the quarterback at that Texans offense against the Jaguars which is obviously a great matchup. Well, he has a great matchup this week as well. The Dolphins are giving up the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So I don't hate uh, a daily stack that involves Tyrod and Brandon Cooks. I think that might actually be interesting. I fully expect them to be down by a lot and forced to throw the ball. And for those of us in fantasy, that's actually good. Um, Dak says he's playing this week, so... Uh, Justin Herbert popped up on the injury report, throwing hand injury. He was limited on Thursday. So that's something that we'll need to track as the week goes on. Um, 
check the injury report on Friday. He hit a helmet, apparently, with his hand in the Chiefs game. Brandon Staley was asked if there were any lingering effects from that incident, and he said no. So I don't totally know what to make of that whole situation. Again, keep your eye on that one. Kyler Murray did not practice on Wednesday. Um, Obviously hurt his ankle when he threw an interception at the end of that Green Bay game. An interception that was not his fault. Another another reason why we need a team interception stat, because we all know whose fault that was. Anyway, he's a little bit banged up. They're saying that he could play on Sunday, even if he doesn't practice this week, so that might be a game-time decision. I don't know if I love the matchup for him anyway. Um, Niners, third-best pass defense in the league. They're allowing less than 200 passing yards per game. His rushing numbers have been declining less than 25 yards in four straight games. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's Kyler in season long. If he plays again, always you're going to play Kyler. This is when, when you talk about these high end guys and you're like, eh, for me, it's always about daily. It's whether or not it's worth paying up for someone who's priced up so high. And this is a week that I probably wouldn't go get Kyler into a lineup. Um, James Robinson is dealing with a heel injury, didn't practice on Wednesday, day-to-day, according to Urban Meyer. So that's another one that you're going to have to keep your eye on. Um, An interesting kind of uh, like low-key injury that could impact the whole Vikings offense, I think, is the Vikings center, Garrett Bradbury, was put on the COVID list. Um, That, you know, quarterback-center relationship – can be important, particularly in close matchups, which I expect this week's game for the Vikings to be against the Ravens. So um, I'm not going to adjust anything from fantasy in terms of a center injury, but it is something that I'll be keeping an eye on just in terms of real-world football and how that affects Kirk Cousins. Um, David Montgomery was designated to return from IR on Thursday. That opens a three-week practice window to be activated. So in the one league where I've been carrying him on a short bench all year long, um, and there is no IR spot, so I need to talk to the commissioner about that, but I digress. Um, so it looks like that long nightmare for me and others is going to be coming to an end. Will he have the same role when he comes back, the way that Khalil Herbert is playing? Well, that is another story. Um, Christian McCaffrey also designated to return from IR this week. I should have led with that. That's much bigger, (laughs) um, in the fantasy world and in the real world football space. Um, he was very limited in practice on Wednesday. So that's one that we're going to have to track this week. I don't know that I'm expecting him to play, but obviously there's that chance now because he's been designated to return. He's not on the active roster at this very second as I record this. Um, No Odell in Cleveland. You guys have been following that story, no doubt. Um, One thing that I think is interesting from a fantasy standpoint is the usage of Michael Carter in these last few weeks. Holy moly. He's played 71% of offensive snaps in the last two games. So Michael Carter all of a sudden kind of went from a guy who was available on my waiver wire to a guy who is no longer available on any of my waiver wires in a very short period of time that becomes a guy that you definitely want to play at running back, particularly with all of the other injuries. I think that he's a pretty safe play. Um, And we'll get to a few more guys here who who are safe this week, (laughs) Um, our typical matchup plays, which we do every week here with Michael Fabiano, my Sirius XM Fantasy Sports radio partner from Fantasy Dirt. Uh, We're going to give you some names of people who are those, you know, like guys that you may or may not play. They're kind of on the borderline of, you know, bench or flex or 
or maybe even a regular starting spot because the matchup is right. So we've got some names for you there. We also have some low-end streamer, uh, low-priced DFS guys. Those are coming up a little bit. So uh, let's get to it. It's time now to break the huddle. Oh yeah, let's go! Two on, two on, two. Ready? Ready? Time to talk now our favorite matchup plays for week nine. And there are four teams that we're taking out of the mix immediately. It's the Bucks, it's the Washington football team, it's the Lions and the Seahawks. They are all on buys this week. It's an interesting week at the quarterback position, Fabs, I think, because some of the very, very high-end guys are the guys that actually have the best matchups of the week. Like Josh Allen, this is a smash spot for Josh Allen. He's going to go crazy yeah. against mm-hmm. this really awful Jaguars squad that just got destroyed by Geno Smith. And then you've got like Lamar Jackson against the Vikings who just gave up 300 plus to Cooper rush. So uh, those guys, I think are smash spot guys. It makes it more interesting to find guys that uh, have good matchups. It felt like some of the guys at the lower end were the ones. And by the way, you've got some of the worst defenses in the league that are on by this week. So, you know, you take the Lions off the mix. You, the Seahawks have been exploitable. Washington football team, obviously, and then the Bucks in the passing game. So I'm interested to see who you have here at quarterback. Yeah, Justin Herbert. Uh, and he's been bad the last two weeks. Yeah. You know, like, we talk about how great this kid is, and he is. Not I mean, even just fantasy, star. like football. Right, bad. he hadn't been good, right? I mean, they, they had the Ravens game, which was an absolute disaster. And then, of course, last week, uh, you know, against the Patriots, he wasn't very good. The, the matchup this week, I, I feel like this is going to be a high-scoring game uh, against the Eagles, and mm-hmm. uh, Justin Herbert is not a player that you should be playing the matchups with regardless, but uh, some folks might be a little bit concerned about the last couple of weeks. I would stick with him, especially with four teams on a bye, no Aaron Rodgers, no Russell Wilson. We know uh, who's on a bye and who's also injured, so you've got um, you, you've got to sort of uh, dance with who brung you uh, because it's mm-hmm. not by Mageddon. But it, the four teams are off, and we got a lot of injuries that we're dealing with. Uh, Joe Burrow is in a really good spot uh, this week as well against the Browns. I mean, Burrow, 20-plus uh, points in three straight games. Uh, the Browns have allowed 11 touchdowns and the second-most points to quarterbacks over the last four weeks. So Burrow is a really good play uh, as well. I, you know, you mentioned Justin Herbert against the Eagles. I'm going to mention Jalen Hurts against the Chargers, obviously, mm-hmm. In season long, you're always playing Jalen Hurts. But I think in daily, people might move move you know off of him after last week. Um, and then the matchup against the Chargers on paper doesn't necessarily look good. He's down to $6,700. So he's super, super affordable for what he brings to the table. The reason he was awful last week was because he wasn't pushed in the matchup. That was like the worst game script. Like a blowout win for them is the worst possible Jalen hurts from a fantasy standpoint, because he scores all of his fantasy points in the fourth quarter prior to last week is QB 15 in the first three quarters and QB one in the fourth quarter. So for fantasy purposes, you want him to be in a game where the other team is going to push the scoring. And so in that sense, I think this is actually a good matchup for a Jalen hurts um, high fantasy scoring game. I also think that Tua has a good matchup this week. And I understand if you're, not feeling Tua these days. Uh, he wasn't great last week, 15 points, but that was against Buffalo and that outstanding defense. In his two games prior against Jacksonville and Atlanta, he scored 20-plus points. Houston, obviously, is a similar type of defense that is exploitable, so I'm expecting a bigger game for him in the 20-something range. What about running backs? 
Uh, Miles Gaskin, have you looked at his stat lines over the last, like, four or five weeks? Every other week he's good. And last week he was bad, which yeah. means this week he'll be good. And he's got the Texans. I mean, let's – The Texans. I mean, the Texas defense is, is not good. So, uh, so Miles Gaskin is a guy I feel like uh, you can trust as uh, an RB2 this week and certainly as a flex. Um, Devontae Booker, too, like – you, know, you look yeah. at Booker, and, and you know, number one, uh, he's not the sexiest name in the world. You know, he's not he's not a great fantasy player. He's been pretty solid, though. I mean, look at the numbers. 14-plus points in three of his last four games. And Rhodes, guess what? Revenge game. Remember that? Oh, yes. I mean, you know, kind of a revenge game. Uh, kind of. Low-key low key revenge game. Low-key, under-the-radar revenge game for Booker. <laughs> that, of course, is... Uh... Let's see, 50, dependent on Saquon's status, by the way, we should mention, as we sit here yeah. right now, we're not 100% sure what's going on with the COVID situation with Saquon mm-hmm. or his injury for that matter. Um, but yeah, Devontae, 125 scrimmage yards versus Kansas City on Monday Night Football, five catches, six targets. That's good. He didn't get in the end zone, still gave you 17 and a half DraftKings points, and he's priced really low at $5,900. What about Zach Moss? Does this feel like a week against the Texans where the Buffalo Bills will have the right game script for a Zach Moss game, like a big lead and maybe hand it off to him a lot? Right, I do. I also like the the fact that Moss got targeted a bunch last week. You you like to see that because typically when you think of who the pass catching back is in that rotation, you think Devin Singletary. But Moss has gotten involved in the passing game, and if that continues, it will giddy up. I mean, that's that, that's really good for him. Uh, game script, I think, will favor the ground attack for the Bills, and uh, I like Zach Moss as an RB two. And uh, Elijah Mitchell, who I mean, I, I mean, I talk about him all the time, right? Uh, and he's a little bit banged up right now. He's dealing with some uh, some tender ribs. Uh, keep tabs on his status, but he's been getting the majority of the snaps and the majority of the touches in that San Francisco backfield. You know, they've got the Cardinals this week. Uh, and you think of the Cardinals and you think, well, you know, they've got, they've got a really good defense, and, uh, which they do, but they've allowed four running backs to score 16-plus fantasy points in their last seven games. So they are not impenetrable. Let's put it that way. What about running backs? I mean, uh, wide receivers. Sorry. Hollywood Brown's got a really good matchup this week. And, and boy, he's been one of the, one of the real – gems in terms of where you drafted him uh, compared to the numbers that he's put up because he was drafted as a three or a four and he's putting up numbers like a one or a two. Uh, he's got the Vikings, you know, this upcoming week. And what did the Vikings do last week? They gave up a hundred plus to Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. How about the Cowboys? And Cooper Rush yeah. was the quarterback. So I, I like Hollywood this week uh, against. By the way, uh, Hollywood is priced way too low on DraftKings. He's $6,000. Guys who are priced higher than him include Brandon Cooks, Chase Claypool, Robert Woods. I think all three of those guys feel a lot more volatile than Marquise Brown. And by the way, he is, I think, Hollywood Brown, the fifth highest priced guy this week on FanDuel. So there's a huge disparity in the pricing there. So Mm -hmm. in terms of daily, Marquise Brown with a good matchup and also really, really good price. I would find a way to cram him into a lineup. Or yep, two or absolutely. three. Absolutely. C- completely agree with you there. Uh, also, you know, Brandon Cooks, big game last week because of garbage time, which, I mean, hey, it all counts. Uh, you've got a good matchup this week. That's all it Dolphins. is for Houston every uh, week. We'll, we'll take it. We will take it. The Dolphins, though, the matchup's good, Rhodes. I mean, they, they've allowed the second most points to wide receivers. Receivers lined out wide have scored eight touchdowns against them. So Cooks is in a very good spot here regardless. Robert and, Woods, great matchup and, as well. 
Go ahead. And just to finish off Brandon Cooks, he is 70. He is the guy, the only guy there in Houston. He has 70 targets. The next closest is Jordan Akins with 25. So for a team that is going to be trailing all the time, uh, like that's the guy I fire him up every single week. He's just getting so much volume. Rhodes with the stat. I love it. You are the best. Uh, Robert Woods against the Titans, 12 touchdowns and the most points per game to wide receivers. Uh, and then Devontae Parker, who came back and smashed the Bills defense for 16 and a half points. Uh, really good matchup against Houston. Uh, no team in the league has allowed more fantasy points per game to receivers lined out wide. So uh, he is a very good play this week. Hey everyone, Jen Piacenti here, host of Sticks and Stacks, the podcast that brings you the very best action from the world of hockey and baseball. Each week, myself, Sean Drotar, and Nate Lundy will bring you our best picks and talk you through the props, bets, and fantasy advice that can help you become the best fantasy manager in your league or even just help you win some money. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. Let's move on. We've got some low end plays for you guys that uh, might be good streamer options or, you know, I'm always looking for people that are less expensive on daily um, price points that I can take advantage of on my way to losing my DFS contest every single week. Fabs. I'm having no luck this year. It's so frustrating to feel Wait, like you Dan, get the analysis, Dan right? Is Dan, Dan is crushing. Yes. And he's like, He's like that guy. I feel like he's picking teams on their colors or something like that. And then it wins. (laughs) And it's so frustrating. Oh, my God. But whatever. Just going to stick with the process or something or change the process entirely. Whatever. Um, Low price points. So you mentioned Taysom Hill is your number 10 ranked quarterback. Right now, yes. Of the week, which feels insane. He's also priced really, really low. Okay, he's mm-hmm. $5,500 on draft. Well, maybe games. you better so, use yourself a little Taysom Hill against Helly this weekend. How about that? I do he's think it's, cheap, it's. He's got Atlanta, it's not, uh, a team that he did very well against last year. Remember that? Yep. Yep. Scored 23 and 24 points against them last year. Uh, the, um, I think he might hurt the value of other assets there in New Orleans. You know, splits with Camaro were not great last year. Kind of devalues the pass catchers, perhaps. Feels like it's going to be a low-scoring game. There's a lot of ugliness surrounding this whole situation, in mm-hmm. my opinion. But Taysom Hill, I think that he, you know, would pay for himself at $5,500, well, I guess you know what I'm what? saying. Maybe Taysom Hill would let you down, but you know who wouldn't? Albert Okuwebunam! Yeah, baby! I got it. It's in there now. We it's have learned there. how to pronounce a Denver Bronco tight end name. And now I think we're going to be rooting for him to find the answer Rose, this week, just so Rose, we can say that. T- he's $2,600 on DraftKings if Noah Fant can't play. Ooh, are you going to fire him up? If Noah, if Noah Fant can't play, are you going to commit right now to firing up Albert Okuwebunam? <laughs> well, I, honestly, I give advice on daily. I don't play a lot of daily. I have too many redraft leagues. I have too many other things to do, but I don't play a lot of daily. I guess it's because I was not allowed to play uh, when I worked for the NFL because, you know, there's yeah. some anti-gambling and everything. Yeah, right, um, right. of course they except are. Except yeah. for, yeah, they have a team in Las Vegas and a stadium named after Caesars. Um, but and I, I, I never got into actually playing it myself. But if I were to play, 
in Daily Fantasy this weekend. Who would you play? If no fan were out, I would play yeah. Albert Okuebuna. Okuebuna. Yeah, buddy. What about quarterbacks? What I about quarterbacks? It. So uh, we've decided that Taysom Hill is inexpensive. Yes. Uh, Derek Carr's not that bad, too, at $5,900 against the G-Men. You know, okay. we'll see. We'll see what the offense looks like in in the first yeah. game without uh, Henry Ruggs, who of course has been Oof. released by the Raiders, which is one hundred percent what they should have done. And listen, if you want to go real cheap, I mean, if you want to go dirt cheap, if you want to go really, 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 where really are cheap, you going? Jordan Love is forty four hundred dollars against the Chiefs. If you that want actually, to go really, really, see- really, really cheap. I mean, you stack that with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones because now you can probably afford those. I don't know if you can afford both of those salaries, but he's so inexpensive that maybe you can actually, I was thinking of another stack. Uh, so, so hear me out. This is totally depending on, and you'll be listening to this on Friday. You guys will know. Um, well, some of you uh, anyway, um, Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. if he comes back this week, yep. I'm thinking of firing up a stack with Sam Darnold in it. $5,500. It's not a great matchup. It has nothing to do with the matchup, New England, right? He was mm-hmm. a great fantasy asset in the three games that he played with Christian McCaffrey. Okay. And he even had one good game after Christian McCaffrey went out. Anyway, if Christian McCaffrey comes back, then I'm thinking that I might fire up a stack with Sam Darnold. Don't want to play him in season long. You, my friend, are quite bold. I'll give yeah. you that. What about running backs? Uh, so uh, Jeremy McNichols, uh, we expect that the Titans will have to throw the football. He is the pass catching back. I don't know how much Adrian Peterson will play if he does play. Uh, so McNichols is in the mix. Boston mm-hmm. Scott. And I listen, the Ooh, Eagles, yes. like honestly, but, but I, I mean, they could do a 180 on this and give Kenneth Gainwell more time. I have no clue. I don't know what the hell Sirianni's doing. I don't know if Sirianni knows what he's doing, but Kenneth Gainwell is the most talented back they have. But Boston Scott got a lot of the touches. Jordan Howard as well. So Chargers not good yeah. against the run. Uh, AJ well, Dillon. Gain, Gainwell, right? wait, wait, wait. Before you move on to him, yeah. uh, Gainwell's yeah. production. So there was production, uh, but it was, it was primarily in garbage though. time. So if you're right. just looking at numbers, know that, right? Because garbage time should not well, exist in this game. He didn't so, do anything with his touches, yeah. So Scott uh, played 45% of the snaps to Howard's 25%. Um, right. He's $5,200. Um, now, the Chargers did actually do a better job against the Patriots running backs than they had been doing against the run. The yards per carry average was down to three-something as opposed to like five-something okay. going in. But Damian one would assume that the Eagles would try that against the Chargers. Yeah. And Scott looked uh, like the guy to go with. So AJ I agree Dillon with, with with Jordan Love uh, under center, you would think he'd get some more love. He did get some more love. Hey, I made it kind of a funny there uh, last week in terms of the carries uh, with Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard out. And then, as we mentioned a little bit uh, earlier on, you know, James Robinson, uh, depending on his status, and the matchup is horrible for Carlos Hyde, but what are we looking for, Rhodes? We're looking for volume. And right. Carlos Hyde will get that volume in a best-case scenario. Well, that's kind of where I'm going with another. So you mentioned Elijah Mitchell earlier. If Elijah Mitchell is out because he's banged up, then Jamichael Hasty is priced at $4,000. That is the lowest possible price for a running mm-hmm. back if mm-hmm. – if that happens, then he's going to get a ton of volume. He's already been getting a lot of passing downs work. Um, the tough thing there, obviously, is that it's an afternoon game. So it's hard to know really, you know, if you can afford to plug that in or it's going to require some last minute maneuvering. The Cardinals defense is tough, but they have been giving up yards on the ground, 120 on average per game. And they really missed JJ Watt last week. I need a couple of wide receivers. 
All right, real quick, uh, Cole Beasley against the Jags, Hunter Renfro against the Giants, Van Jefferson against the Titans, and Jamal Agnew, the best wide receiver in Jacksonville, at least for the last couple of weeks, against Buffalo. All right, so you just heard Fabs mention Van Jefferson. He's an interesting play this week, I think, available in 69% of ESPN leagues. He's just $4,000 on DraftKings. He's scored double digits in two straight games, and there's reason to believe that that might continue because his usage has gone up in recent weeks. 75 routes run on 82 pass plays in the last two games. He's got the team's highest A dot now that Deshaun Jackson is gone. It's somewhere in the 14-yard range. And this week's matchup against the Titans is great for someone like him because not only are they giving up a lot of fantasy points to wide receivers, period, 47 and a half a game, they're giving up a ton of deep balls, the third most deep yards allowed by a defense in the NFL. So seeing as how that seems to be his lane, this feels like a low-end play that could pay dividends this week. Um, How big those dividends will be, I don't know, because Cup's definitely going to get his. But again, a good streaming option that could pull down double digits for you and a good stack option in daily if you wanted to go Stafford, Cup, Jefferson. I like that. His price point's a good one. Another guy with a great price point and matchup, and I think all-around strong start this week is Tyler Conklin, who is the tight end for the Vikings now. He's running a ton of routes, picking up yards. The problem with him is that he hasn't really been a touchdown guy, and that has lowered his ceiling. But the good news here, he's got a matchup this week against a team that's given up more touchdowns to tight ends than any other team in the Baltimore Ravens. Three of the seven tight ends that have faced them have finished as top two tight ends of the week. He's only $3,000. I just picked him up on Thursday as a replacement for TJ Hawkinson, who's on a buy like him this week. Mike Kosicki has a good matchup this week also. You're probably already starting him if you have him in season long, but I thought this stat was crazy. He is fantasy's tight end one since Tua came back from injury in week six. He's averaging 16.3 points per game. And according to PFF, his matchup against the Texans this week is the number one matchup for tight ends. Tyler Higby has a good matchup against the Titans. Jared Cook has a good matchup against the Eagles. Both of those in terms of fantasy points allowed to tight ends. And on the lower end, Tommy Sweeney. If Dawson Knox can't go for the Bills on Sunday and you need someone else, he didn't do anything last week in his first start. Just six points, three catches, four targets. But again, if you need someone, there is a chance that that could change this week. A, he has a great matchup against the Jaguars, who've given up the second most fantasy points per game to tight ends in the last four weeks. And he ran a route on 76% of Josh Allen's dropbacks last week, which is a lot. So maybe because of the matchup, he'll find himself open on those routes more this week. Maybe Allen will look his way more often. It is a good matchup, low-end play, as long as you have reasonable expectations. Uh, Last one from me. Keep an eye on Kadarius Tony's hand injury. If he goes, especially considering the other injuries to Giants players, he's being used like he is the guy in New York. He has a 41% target rate per route run. That is number one in the NFL in the last four weeks. He's also PFF's second highest graded wide receiver in that time. And he is the NFL leader in yards per route run in that time. His numbers are elite. He also passes the eye test. He also passes the no one around him test. 
and he's inexpensive. $5,200 on DraftKings. That's up from the unreasonably low $4,300 last week, but still, you got to go pretty far down the list of wide receivers to find Tony at $5,200. All right, that's going to do it for us on this Fantasy Friday edition of the NFL Roadshow. We're back on Monday to assess what we saw over the weekend. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. The NFL Roadshow is also available on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. Just download it today, tap podcasts, boom, there we'll be. For video clips of the show and more, follow me on Twitter, Lindsay underscore Rhodes. I'm also on Instagram, Lindsay Rhodes NFL. The NFL Roadshow is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Andrew Emmer. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. And a special thanks to SiriusXM's senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you again on Monday. Serious XM Podcasts.